Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. Hebrews chapter number 10. Hebrews 10, starting with verse 35 uh, this evening. Cast not away, therefore, your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward. For ye have need of patience, that after ye have done the will of God, ye might receive the promise. For yet a little while, and he that shall come will come and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith, but... If any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. But we are not of them who draw back unto perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. I really don't have a title for you this evening. I'll just call it, we are not of them that draw back, or we don't draw back. How about just keep it real simple? We don't draw back. Amen. And we'll just go with that tonight. Let's lift our voices together. I really desire you lift your voice right now in prayer as I lift mine unto heaven that God would help us in the next few moments. Father, Lord, I come to you tonight. I'm asking, oh, Lord, for your, your presence, Lord, to be made known in this place. Asking, oh, God, that you're able to speak, Lord, through us. God, in this house, for those people that have gathered together here tonight. God, let our minds be stayed, Lord, upon you and focused, Father, upon you. God, that we might know, Lord, what would be the perfect and the good and the acceptable will of God, Lord Jesus, in this place. God, give us, Lord, strength, Lord, for the journey right now. God, I know, Lord, you are mindful of us, Lord. You're careful, Lord Jesus, to help us. God, in this place this evening, in the lovely name of Jesus Christ that I pray. The church say amen. amen. Look at your neighbor and tell him, we don't draw back. We don't draw back. We don't draw back. You may be seated in the lovely name of the Lord. The writer of Hebrews is addressing Addressing a group of people that in their journey of Christianhood had already met much difficulty and much turmoil in their life that they had lived for the Lord. They had suffered great persecution. They had many afflictions that had come upon them. And seemingly they had held true through them all. They, they if you will, had already had a few stars on their lapel that indicated that they had been victorious in times past. So he's writing to a group of people like that, but now has come to a strategic place in their walk with God that the things that they did not waver at before, now they are wavering at. The persecution that seemingly had no impact or effect upon them before now is impacting their life. The taunts and the jeers of their persecution. They uh, were to a certain degree feeling intimidated and they were falling away. Some of them were retreating. Some of them were going back to old 
ways of life. And so the writer of Hebrews comes to uh, this moment in time and he begins to speak to them and he wants them to somehow counteract these feelings that they're having right now. Uh, counteract these tendencies that they're having. And, and in Hebrews 10, a few of the things that he asked of them to do in order to counteract these things is like in verse 22, he tells us, let us draw near. This, this, he, he's, he's trying to combat what they're, 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 they're uh, if I get my words out of my mouth, they'll come here in a minute. He's trying to get them to do the opposite of what they're feeling like doing right now. They, they're, they're wanting to retreat, but he's trying to admonish them, let's, Let's draw near. This this is by no means the time to retreat. For that matter, begin to survey your life of some of the similar things you've already came through. The mountains you already crossed over. The valleys you already forged through. So let's draw near. And in encouraging them, he also tells them, let's hold fast. Let's let's get a grip upon uh, these things. Uh, if I could say in difference to 35, don't be casting away, but, but let's hold fast to these precious truths that you've held on to through thick and thin. You, you've already fought one too many battles to let to let go of something like this right now. You, you've already suffered too many heartaches and come out on the other side victorious to now go through another heartache and let go and give up and throw in the towel. Too many battles have been attributed to your name for you to give up in this battle, for you to stop during this war. He says, so, so let's draw near and let's hold fast and let's consider one another. Let, let, let's be as an army. Let's group together. Let's encourage one another and comfort one another. Don't, don't let your brother right now start to lose heart because he's facing something he faced before and he just don't have the same tenacity like he once had. So let's draw near. Let's comfort one another. Uh, uh, let's hold fast. And then he says, remember the old days. What you're facing right now is not something you've never faced. And he says, let's remember the former days. He says, particularly after you were illuminated. Remember what it was like whenever you first came to God. Remember what it was like when you first got his spirit inside of you. Remember whenever you turned away from the world and you turned toward God. Remember the moment that you left in the environment of his presence. Everything that began to come down the pike against you because of your new found relationship with God. He said it was in that point of time of being a new Christian, of being a newcomer, that you endured a great fight of afflictions. You dealt with some turmoil. There was some headaches. There was some hardships. But you know what? You were freshly illuminated. You had great zeal. You had a great, a great love, a great drive for the. You need to remember the former days when you just first came into this thing. How that was just a fight. That didn't matter. I'd just been filled with the Spirit of God, honey. I can tear a lion's head off if I wanted. Remember the former. Remember when you were first illuminated. Because you you fought a great fight of afflictions during those days. And he says you were made, partly made a, a gazing stock by reproaches and persecutions. Then people just set you up to be a model to talk about you, slander you, maybe even denounce what you said you got and what you experienced. But you just let that kind of roll off like water on a duck's back because you were freshly empowered. 
you were freshly stable and solidified in the things of God. And you've walked many similar roads since then. You've had a lot of slanderous words spoken against you since then. You've climbed some of the same mountains since then. Don't you dare right now at this point in your journey now say, I'm just gonna hang it up. I'm just gonna throw in the towel. I'm just gonna, just, I, I'm just gonna lay it all down. What happened to when you were first illuminated? What happened when the first... What made you so willing to endure then that you're not ready to endure the same now? What made you so great and powerful to go forward then that you're not willing to go forward now? <laughs> They're just, you know, you're freshly illuminated. I mean, you just got to drive for the things that be of God. You, you can't be in church enough. You can't hear preaching enough. You can't experience what you felt when you received the Holy Ghost enough. You'll be there even if they're having prayer because you're just in the presence of the Lord. It doesn't matter if you, I was thinking back there during prayer tonight, Brother Terry, this has been several years ago, uh, when, when I think you were without a job and, and, and there, was an, there wasn't a lady figure in your life at that time and, and I'll remember going uh, to winter warm up and Brother Terry was out of job and so money is kind of scant and I'm just a young person so you don't have no money and I remember going to winter warm up, he and I, and you know what we did? We had service and they'd break for lunch. You know what we had for lunch? He baked some, he baked some no-baked cookies and he and I sat in his vehicle and ate some no-baked cookies for lunch I'm telling you right now and we went back to church later why in the world you do something crazy like that we didn't have maybe two dimes to rub together but we wanted to be where the presence of God was it didn't matter that he was without a job or we were down on our luck we've been freshly illuminated and empowered And we didn't have Applebee's or even McDonald's, but we had, we had some no-bakes, honey. It took us on through. And you know what? We enjoyed the presence and the spirit of the Lord because going there wasn't about where we're going to eat, who he's going to see, what we's going to meet. It was about being in the presence of the Lord. It was about getting a fresh power, amen, of the spirit of the Lord upon our lives. I'd hope to think, Brother Terry, that if we were in that same position right now, we can make some, you, you could, you can make some no-bake cookies, we could get in the vehicle and go again. Amen. And, but would we still do that? See, you're young and ignorant then. Some things have changed. <laughs> he said, I said, I'm talking, he said, I'm talking to some people. He said, I'm talking to a group of people. He said that if you wasn't going through it, he says, you made yourself friends and companions with someone that was going through it. If you wasn't having a hard time, you sought out somebody that was and you was just there to walk with them and hold their hand. Paul, Paul, writing here to the Hebrews, he said, you had compassion on me and my bonds. I'm 
incarcerated. I can't do anything. You had compassion on me. And then the next one is a heavy hitter. But this is all freshly after they were illuminated. He says, you took joyfully, in verse 34, the spoiling of your goods. Excuse me. He says, you, you took joyfully the spoiling of your goods. He said, there was stuff being subtracted from your inventory of life. And you held a smile on your face. Brother Malone, you didn't point a crooked finger at God. You still made it to church. You still worshiped as though you had all, although you suffered the loss of some. When you were freshly illuminated. God, I'm asking for illumination right now in this place. Somebody raise their hand with me. God, I'm asking, Lord, for a fresh illumination. God, heart, mind, soul, spirit. Hallelujah, Jesus. Ah, yeah, someone just slip their voice right now. I feel the spirit of the Almighty right now. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Yes, Jesus. <laughs> Glory. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And he says so. Y'all freshly illuminated, this is how you responded. He's all freshly illuminated, this is how you reacted. This is how you reacted when affliction came. This is how you reacted when the spoiling of your goods came. This is how you reacted when you suffered persecution. And he says, I, I'm seeing there's a little, a little, a little change that's happening in your life. I'm seeing that it's not quite like what it was when you were first illuminated. And that's troubling me. And that's bothering me. And so I'm just being a voice for you right now. That listen here, do not cast away. Do not cast away your confidence. Don't cast away what you had a hold of whenever you were first eliminated. First, uh, first illuminated. Don't, don't cast away what you had in your grit and in your spirit whenever you first come to know the Lord because that very thing that began the trip for you is going to finish the trip for you that same tenacity that pulled you through some of those hard times is going to be the same tenacious spirit that will pull you through now after several years enjoying the blessing and the bounty of God that same spirit is just as real just as powerful just as able now as it was then so don't cast away your confidence
Someone say amen. Just don't cast it away. Because if you cast it away, he said, cast not away therefore your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward. The confidence you have has a great recompense of reward. And here is, here is the troublesome action of if you cast away your confidence, if you cast away your confidence, you cast away your reward. Because keeping your confidence, it has a great recompense of reward. But if you cast that confidence aside, you've thrown your reward aside. He's saying don't lose heart. He's saying don't give up. And he says, but here's what you need. We talked about it a little bit this morning. Here's what you need. You need some patience. That after you've done the will of God that you'll receive the promise of God. He says for yet a little while. <laughs> the old song used to say yet just a little while to stay here. Just a little while to wait. Just a little while to labor. He says just, just, just wait for yet a little while. That he that shall come will come. And I dare to say, folks, that's where the problem lies sometimes with us as Christians. We've climbed some of the same mountains again and again. We've endured some of the same persecution over and over again. We've been slandered over and over again. And we're just waiting on him to come. Amen. And it seems like in the journey of life sometimes the finish line is always pushed further ahead of us. We're running and we're running and it's always pushed just a little further. It seems like we never obtain the end. Never obtain the finish. Never obtain the, the, the culmination, the completion of the matter. And it's during those times we become discouraged. And you know what we want to do? We want to cast away our confidence. I ain't going to hold you much longer. But at age 10, she began competing in swimming events. In her 30s, she swam the English Channel, the 21-mile-wide English Channel, both ways. And each time, she set new world records in doing it. In 1952, the young 34-year-old Florence Chadwick stepped into the waters of the Pacific Ocean off of Catalina Island, determined to swim to the shore of mainland California, which would be a 26-mile swim, a 26-mile journey. She began her swim surrounded by small boats that were to keep an eye on her uh, if by chance for her safety to help her if she needed to be pulled out of the water due to exhaustion or perhaps due to injury. And about after 15, yes, I said 15, after about 15 hours in the water, amen, a thick 
fog set in so that Florence was unable to see anything in front of her while she was swimming. She could even hardly see the boats that were accompanying her. And it was at some point in time after that 15th hour that she finally begged to be taken out of the water along the way. And her mother in a boat alongside her said unto her, Florence, you are so close. I believe you can make it. And finally though, because Florence Chadwick was physically, but more importantly, emotionally exhausted, she stopped swimming and she was she asked them to pull her out of the water. And it was not Brother Terry McGee until she stepped her foot on that boat out of that dense fog that was on the lower part of the water that she discovered she was less than a half a mile from the shoreline. And at the news conference the next day, that young Chadwick girl said this, all I could see was the fog. But I think if I could have seen the shore, I would have went on and swam. I'm here telling a group of Christians today, you've come too far. There's too many other miles behind you. Your muscles have ached from the torment of the water. There's just a dense fog that's coming all around you. Don't quit now. Don't cast away your confidence now. Don't throw in the... Somebody hear me tonight. Florence, that's what you trained for. You've already did 21 miles. Two ways in your past. You can do 26. Don't let the fog intimidate you. You know what, Catherine? You know what Chadwick's problem was? She couldn't see the end. She couldn't see the finish. So she was ready to give up. Children of God, I'm telling you tonight, you better keep on swimming. You better keep on swimming. You know what it's like to have your muscles ache from swimming, Florence. She, that's what she did. She'd been swimming ever since she was a kid. She knew what it felt like for her muscles to convulse because they were tired. That, she didn't stop, folks, necessarily because she was physically tired. She didn't stop because the, the muscles were contorting and twisting too much in the water. She stopped because she couldn't see the end of her trip. I'm here telling some apostolic today that you're stronger. Amen. If you stop today, it's not because you're not strong enough. It's not because you haven't been prepared for such a battle or for such a journey. You're just frustrated because you can't see the end in sight. But don't, 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 don't quit because as soon as you get out of the water, as soon as you throw in the towel, you're going to see you was almost to the finish. You had almost made it. As a matter of fact, according to the history of her life, this was the first time that Florence had ever quit. Why? Because something came in and blocked her view of where her finish was. 
where the shoreline was. That plates of mine paddles with her. Because she's swimming with everything she got. But she doesn't know if she's got two miles or ten miles. I'm looking at people here that's very strong. But the mind game is happening with some of you. The mind game's happening with some of you. Because you'll start to surmise in your mind since you can't see the shoreline. It's ten more miles from here. It's eight more miles from here. Oh, I can't do this. I can't do this. And little do you know you're just a half a mile away. And you have every bit that amount of strength to get to shore. But you just can't see it. You just... says church don't you give up don't you start doing differently than what you did when you was first illuminated don't you stop fighting your battles like you did when you first was illuminated because he that shall come will come (laughs) discouragement set in because she couldn't see the end she couldn't see the finish even in spite of the encouragement that was offered by her mother since she couldn't see the coastline herself didn't matter somebody else could see it you all know what I'm talking about because whenever we receive encouragement from other people sometimes all it sounds like to us is a bunch of platitudes pacifying you go pull through this it's, it's not going to last much longer You're not the one that's been in the water 15 hours. Cold and chilly day. Sometimes you can't convince anybody about how close they are. But let God's spirit, let God's word convince you tonight that it's not worth quitting. Do you understand the other feeling that was probably felt after she stepped on that boat and realized Less than a half a mile. And she would have accomplished what no one had ever accomplished as a lady. Listen to me clearly tonight. I dare to tell you right now. There's people that fought these battles, climbed these hills, suffered the persecution and the slander, went through a lot of it. And they're sitting on some ship tonight. And their eyes are cast at a less than a half a mile distance that if they just held on, if they had just kept stroking the water. Hear me today. There's people sitting, amen, on the perimeters outside apostolic churches all across America that's sitting in the boat telling themselves, why did I cast it away? Why did I stop? Why did I quit? Why didn't I just keep on? You telling me I was this close? You know what? The tragedy of the situation, it's glorious, yet also a tragedy that Catalina, amen, would just a couple months later attempt that swim for the second time. But you know the difficulty of the matter? She could not start at that half mile mark from the coastline. She had to start all the way back to the beginning and she had to swim those 26 miles all over again those muscles had to ache all over again her breathing had to become shallow all over again her body had to get cold all over 
again. But you know what kept her going this time? Because they say historically another deep fog came in and she couldn't see the shoreline. But she kept telling herself, it's just a little in front of me. It's just a little in front of me. It's just a, somebody needs to tell yourself tonight, wherever you are in life, wherever you are in your trial, it, the shoreline's just a little bit in front of me. We won't draw back. He that shall come will come and will not tarry. We live by faith. Any men draw back. He says, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. He says, but he states clearly to bolster their faith and their tenacity. He says, but we. He said, if any man draw back as though no one had, he's just speaking kind of theoretically. If any man draw back, you know, there's no pleasure in him, but we. That's not us. That's not the label that we wear. Until first episode of church here tonight. That's not us. That's not the label that we wear of those that draw back. You know, I know we live in the world, and you know, in most episodes this is true, but not in the Christian life. And that is, people like to have a lot of options. That's good in most other arenas of life, but not the Christian life. Real quickly, I want to hold you. I really want. I really want. After you're freshly illuminated, use eager zealous, ready to go forward, ready to plow. Didn't matter what you may have suffered. Didn't matter. Man, you were so invigorated by God's spirit. It's like what was that? It's like someone pumped up with adrenaline. They, they just go and do something after the adrenaline's gone. It's like, whoa, I did something. <laughs> but in the moment that it's coursing through your veins, it's like, no problem. And we got this spirit, man, it's coursing. Man, we go forward, boom, boom, boom. And then things that once was not a problem is now a problem. And it's like, where did that coursing go? We need to sever our options. The history records the life. I'm not trying to be story time with, with, with Pastor tonight, but history records record the life of Hernan Cortez, a, a Spanish conquistador who was born in 1485. At the age of 19, he says, sailed. <clears throat> he went to conquer Cuba. He settled there until 1518. And then he went on expedition to Mexico. Whenever Cortez landed on the coast of Mexico, he had a force of 700 men that was with him. He knew that this was one of the most dangerous missions he had ever done in his life or any of his men had done in their life or had undertaken. He didn't know what to expect. didn't know what was ahead of him. There was a lot of uncertainty, a little unnerving, not knowing what to expect. He didn't know if they would find some of the Incas there that would be dwelling in the land, that they would be a fierce people and that there would be a great war that would come out and they would have to defend their lives and to the death he didn't know if there would be wild animals and beasts there upon that terrain that could also be very life-threatening to them. 
He didn't know a starvation, the lack of food would come upon he and his men and they would be scrounging around just to keep themselves alive with nourishment. But Cortez knew that he sent out and went out to conquer a new land. There were going to be a lot of obstacles. There was going to be a lot of things to overcome. He knew, though, the reward would be great. (laughs) And knowing that once they set foot on that land, not knowing what they would face, the different things, that there would be people under his care, maybe he himself, that would want to go back to a safe arbor, a safe land that they knew that they were comfortable with. That was their comfort zone. And he knew if the opportunity would be given, that some would seize the opportunity and turn around whenever the battle heated up. So when that 700th warrior took his step off of the ships that were there, Cortez went through those fleet of ships and burned every last single one of them because he didn't want anybody to have an option to turn and go back. If you'll stand with me this evening. It's great to have options, but in the Christian life, it's it's to your demise to have the option of retreating, turning back, going to perhaps a place and to a time before your illumination. We can bow our heads in this place tonight. Brother Terry, you can come if, if you will. Bow our heads in this place this evening. We are not, we won't, we do not around here draw back. I'm trying to be the Paul for our hour as it was the Paul in the New Testament Scripture hour. And I'm trying to call our minds to remembrance right now. Remember the days after you were illuminated. Remember your zeal. Remember your tenacity. Remember your fight. Now that you've been along on this journey for many years and you've climbed some of those hills over and over again, you've went and through and forged some valleys, are you willing to face that with the same strength? Are you willing to face that with the same courage as you would have before? Or are you wavering? Are you wavering? I'm telling you, although you may not be able to see the coastline tonight, although you may not be able to see the finish or the end of the matter, do not cast away your confidence. Do not cast away your confidence. Because in the arena of life, of the end time, he that shall come will come and he will not tarry long. In the course of events of this life, I'm trying to tell us tonight that it's just a little further. It's just a little further. You've trained for this. You've trained for this. Everything up to this point of time has just been building blocks for where you are right now. Whatever struggle you may be in, don't quit right now. Because if you're quit, you're not quitting because you don't have the strength. You're quitting because emotionally you're being somehow intimidated and discouraged because you can't see the end in sight. 
God's here tonight. God's here. God's here to bolster your faith. God's here to strengthen you. God's here to be a second wind in you. God's here to filter out all those intimidating thoughts that you can arise and just continue on. Lord, help me to embrace that same spirit, God, that I had when I was first illuminated. That same zeal, that same unction, that same tenacity. Lord, in my worship, in my prayer, God, in the way that I conduct my life and my trial, help me, God, to still have that push. Hallelujah. You don't have no option tonight. I'm burning the ships. You don't have no option tonight. You can't turn back. You can't turn back. These altars are open tonight. Some are already here praying. Will there be another? Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you and have a blessed day.